Teaching is difficult, and there's a lot to balance. There's parents, assessments, planning, admin, the list goes on and on. It's no wonder that in day to day, it's easy to lose the forest from the trees and forget what we're doing and why we're doing it. Hi, my name's Antonio Santiago, the host of That's Child's Play. And in today's episode, we are going to hear from teachers from all walks of life from the NACI conference in Washington, DC. NACI stands for the National Association for the Education of Young Children, and it's full of characters and former teachers who are passionate about the field of education and our future generations. If you don't remember, we are releasing a short series of episodes from the conference. Today on the podcast, we asked, what's one piece of advice they wished they received before getting into education? And here's what they said. Without further ado, let's get into it. So the question, what's one piece of advice you wish you received before you started teaching, was answered firstly by Kehinde O, a pre-K teacher in Tennessee who emphasizes that each child is unique. Think about the individual child. In education, especially with young children, there is no one size fits it all. Teachers will have the best outcome if you think about every child in your class as unique and different. So you are actively looking for ways to reach each child, not a group, but the individual child. And you want to meet that child where that child is at. And you are meaningfully and intentionally planning ways to take that child. Where the child wants to go, I mean like, sometimes where we think that we want the child to go might not be where the child wants to go. But helping the child to attain meaning and knowledge and understanding. Our next teacher, Laura W. visits schools and learning centers in Colorado as the science fairy, where she gets children excited about science. Here's her answer. I wish I knew how to communicate with parents the value of the learning that children are doing. Because for me, I have the layer of people come to pick up their children from childcare, but the parents don't know, hey, they're learning all of these skills. And the provider's making sure that happens. It's not all about literacy, like those are important things, but that play component and having fun and having joy, you have to be able to share that with parents to continue to be impactful. It's ultimately up to the parents to support this type of learning. Flora L. is an early childhood teacher in DC public schools with specialties in emergent bilinguals and special education. And she wants us to trust that children have incredible little minds. I wish I remembered that kids are naturally brilliant already and they have more to teach me than I can ever teach them and to just follow their curiosity and their interests because they're way more likely to engage with something they already have a spark about than something that I'm trying to push on them. Jennifer and Ash, both educators, suggest, well, just getting into it. You just got to get into it. Start off with a science experiment of just like doing something so small. Does what colors mix together, red and blue, what do they make? And do like watercolors and put the watercolors together and then the kids will just light up. They're like, oh my God, that's purple. And it's just so simple. And then you start getting, their like brain starts going like, what else can we do? And they start touching things. They all start feeling things. And the teacher's like, oh, we can do a whole thing now. And you just start booming with ideas. And then all of a sudden, they want to build a robot. And they're two. They're two. And they're, like, they're young kids. And then all of a sudden, the threes want to do it. The fours want to do it. And so just don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone when it comes to science. Because it is brilliant. 
ultimately being at the children's level, following their lead, you're not going to be able to teach the scientific method to preschoolers the same way that you would teach it to a high schooler or even a middle schooler. Allowing time for exploration, allowing time for what if questions, why questions, how questions, and giving children time to process it not necessarily providing them the answers right away, ha- allowing them to guess, allowing them to hypothesize. Erica Campos, who is an education coordinator at a local PBS station in Texas, wants teachers to be authentic to who they are. For me, I wish I had known how important it is to just be my authentic self and really share my story with my students, with families, whether they're the same background as me or not. Because I didn't realize before when I was younger how important that is. Like my story is valuable, just like everyone else's story. And it brings like my unique perspective to the classroom, to the educational spaces that I'm in. But I didn't, I always felt like I was just like trying to fit in. And now I know that's not my strength. My uniqueness is what makes me and to be able to share that with kids and families especially spanish-speaking families so that they're comfortable and they know like it's okay that you don't that you're not from here or that you're an immigrant or that your english is not the best because that's what makes you unique and you're learning right you just have to lean into it and then i tell people i am not an expert in like mexican holidays or like mexican culture or the blend of mexican-american culture and that whole space I am not an expert this is just my perspective but even then like I found people like at the station where I work they're just like oh that is so interesting like you share more like you should do that like present for the station because and I have to remember not everyone has my background and grew up like me so my unique perspective has a place and is valuable. Shayla, who is a 4K manager in South Carolina at SC First Steps, wants everyone to know that children are people first and foremost. Children are people too. Like we, we know that they're people, we know that they're little people, but they have big emotions. They're learning to navigate their space. And when you're learning textbook, you're learning brain development, but to actually be in that environment with the children and really they have their own personality they have their own background knowledge they have their own cultures that they're coming from and so I think just knowing that in advance would have been super helpful and we want to adultify them we want to make them into these big people and I have to remind myself often that hey they've only been in this world for four years like they come to us with only three years of knowledge or four years of knowledge and that's based upon what they've learned and what other people provided them both Joshua Lee of the popular book company and Donna S, a nanny, who is a hoot and a blast by the way, want educators to remember to be patient with children. I think the biggest piece of advice I can give from my own background, I used to be a special education teacher, is patience. I think the biggest thing is patience because we're working with such a diverse group of students from various socioeconomic backgrounds, various educational backgrounds. There's so many different things nowadays. So my piece of advice is really just be patient, just really try to keep your students engaged. So one of the things I would do is I would utilize workbooks. I'd scan for different like different worksheets, different activities, and I really like to adapt activities to make it a bit more interactive versus 
me handing out workbooks or work pages and saying fill in the blanks this is how you do it I really I'm very much a big believer in activity-based learning getting students hands-on involved in science is perfect I would I would say I would argue the perfect subject to encourage that to encourage activity-based learning you have to have so much more patience and to be like quiet enough to listen to even the tiniest ones that don't talk so that you can take your cues and really listen to them verbally or physically for what they're doing and need. So I have a, right now I have a, a one-year-old. She just turned one. She's in that stage where she is challenging what she can and cannot control, both with all the adults in the house and with her body. So it's a lot of frustration on her part for the things that she cannot do that she thinks that she can. And going into immediate, ah, the, you know, the monster comes out. So it's walking her through that and soothing that back. And because each child is so different in personality, some it's very quick. You can get them back where they need to be psychologically and emotionally quickly. And some of them, you might be sitting there for 15, 20 minutes while they're not, because they don't have the verbal skills yet, with screaming and pointing and on the ground or throwing something while you are trying to quietly and calmly get them back to you. But it takes a lot of patience because there's every child is so different. I've done this for 34 years and I've never had a child respond as one of my other kids have through the process. Anne L., a Reggio Emilia teacher, stays true to the Reggio Emilia way and asks teachers to listen to the children for what they should learn. Listen to the kids, not, your, not necessarily the other teachers as far as content, interests. Obviously, you have to listen to the other teachers for admin and that kind of stuff. But as far as what you're actually teaching, listen to your kids, not your other teachers. I follow my kids' interests. And just in case, like me, you're not super familiar with what Reggio Emilio is, I ask for you. What we usually tell the parents who are not as up on the terminology is it's collaborative, starting with the children's ideas and information, and we build from there. I never know what shape we're going to do. I cannot plan out the start of the year to the end of the year. It's always wonderful. One year, my class wrote a book. It's still on Amazon. We've modeled out wildfire paths, written guides for our parents and other family members. You never know what it's going to end up, the final product is going to end up being. I hope these little nuggets of wisdom from teachers help you out. I want to thank everybody who participated in this podcast episode. It was so fun and so inspiring talking to everyone. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to this episode of That's Child's Play. Happy holidays to everybody.